Hello, everyone. Welcome to another wonderful, delightful, delicious, delectable edition of Not Safe for Wonks. I'm Kennedy Cooper. I'm Brandon Buchanan. Leia Rose. And we also have our wonderful researcher and sometimes fourth host here with us today, Dre. Once again, say hi. Yeah, I guess it's I guess it's good being here, you know, I guess. Whoa, Dre, you, you sound a little upset. Like, is something going on? Is there a problem? Yeah, I think something's going on. Like the fucking DM, the one Leia sent to me. Yo, I'm a, what are you talking about? Little bit pee. What, what is this? The, the DM! I'm 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 really sorry. I don't know what you're talking you know, about. Fuck you said it to me yesterday at like 4 p.m. 4:20 p.m. At exactly, you sent this to me, and you were showcasing a DM, an email. No, 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 email between Kennedy and what's their face, and you mentioned, and and then here, Kennedy, Kennedy, you show, you showed there was. This is clearly a very emotional subject. Are you talking about the 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 DM I sent where I I sent some links uh, for this this episode to Leia? Yes, yes, those. You know how fucking upset I am that you took my job from me. I am the person who finds the links, and you're just gonna do that in front under my nose without me noticing it. No way, Jose. I just—you said you were busy earlier, and that you didn't really have time to 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 get to. I was just—I—I I, I just sent a couple of news articles. That wasn't implying that somebody else should take up my job for me. Do you have receipts for this? I have the receipts. You have receipts? Okay, this is very problematic. If there are receipts. Hmm. Yeah. We we, we got to look into. It. That's what we call taking a screenshot, by the way. Let's just look at the content of this DM, okay? I think this is... Dre, you can correct me. I think this is the one you're talking about. Yeah. I said, hey, Leia, hope you're ready to record later. Yeah, that uh, one. Don't forget to read this Boris Johnson article. And also, haha, Biden's eye exploded. Is that the DM you're talking about? Yes, that one. That exact one. For, sent at 4.20 p.m. yesterday. Is, is that... I'm, I'm not sure where the problem is... Why? Why are you? I I don't know. I don't even. I you're not even mentioned in this DM, Dre. So please, I don't. That's my shindig. That's my. Uh, that's my thing. That's my strong suit. Like, yeah. Um, uh, your, your eye popping? No, <laughs> no. Finding the links, doing the research. God. This is pretty bad. You guys have got to admit it is kind of a bad look. Is there is there something we can the do optics. for you to like? Yeah, the optics are bad. When this gets out, and it will get out, yeah, because yeah. you know we have we have profile. You've got to act responsibly. Listen, you can't just mm -hmm. like send Kennedy. You can't just send DMs to your friends. You are now a podcast host. You are now in a position of influence in this world, and a lot of people are gonna just thoughtlessly do whatever you do. So if you start sending people DMs on Twitter, what kind of effect is that gonna have on us as a society? Just everyone will mm. start just fucking DMing each other. That's not good. Oh, so we need to wrap this up. We've got to fix this. We've got to make yeah. it right. Is there anything, you know, from your side of the story, is there anything that we can do to kind of support you? Uh, well, now that you mention it, I've been getting into the art of exactly how you podcast because, you know, I, I you know, I think not to toot my own horn, I think I do a lot of service for the podcast, you know, doing all the research and stuff, at least when it's not being taken from me. And I've been writing down some notes. I've been writing down a big, I got a big binder full of notes now. And I'm wondering, I was wait, wondering, <laughs> wait a second, wait, is this a lucrative book deal? 
No. You try no, to hawk some kind of fuck, book? What the fuck? No. I, I I don't even know how to like diagraph a sentence. Like, uh, how do you expect me to write? Like, you know, I, I he can't even say diagram. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even know language. Like, uh, I so okay. So, what exactly is this binder then? It's just filled with you know podcasting tips. You know, everybody, every podcaster needs their uh, anthology of podcast tips to be okay. A this podcaster. is just a grift. This is just don't say the G word or anything. What the H E double hockey stick? Did you just say to me? Did you just say the G word? <laughs> oh God! We are not allowed to use that word. We established that in episode one. We don't just yeah. just say you, it. You can't just you can't just drop a G bomb. Well, sometimes you yeah. have to, and this has been one of those weeks. If it's not already obvious to you, audience, we are riffing on a lovely Marianne Williamson news item that is the sort of thing mm -hmm. that shouldn't be a news item at all, and yet here we are, and it seems like every week there's another manufactured controversy about the outsider candidates, be it Bernie Sanders, with a, a spicy fact check, you know, from, <laughs> from WAPO. Yeah, from WAPO, or if it's Marion Williamson with another, look how crazy she is, that turns out to be nothing at all. Sending DMs, shame on her. Anyway, uh, is anyway, that it's silly? Yeah. As Barack Obama once liked to say uh, around this time of year, it is silly season. We, yes. People have got to make some content, so here we go. And so uh, now we're making content off of the content that, that shouldn't have existed in the first place. <laughs> But yeah, so I just think there's not like a, a heck of a lot to say, but like everything about this whole situation just smacks of cyberbullying, to be honest. I don't know whether it counts as bullying. To take somebody else's DMs that like weren't even supposed to necessarily be shared with you, post them publicly and use them to try to like shame them. Yeah, it's it's trashy. It's very treading the line. Yeah, I think there's an issue of power dynamic. I don't think Marianne is going to feel bullied by this. I don't even know what paper she writes. Does she write for a paper or does she like write for like a blog? Is she like in the Washington Post or something? Uh, I don't I don't know what she writes for. It doesn't even matter. Like, I don't want to like promote her work or anything at this point. The point is, is that she she's she's trying to sell a book and. This isn't the first example we've seen of people saying, look how crazy Marianne is. Here's my book. Like, mm, mm -hmm. it's, it's becoming a theme now. I mean, you know, you do what you can for the clout. I guess so. We're all in it for the clout. But as we've said before, maybe don't chase clout by just like shitting on somebody who's not even that popular and really doesn't deserve yeah. it. Like, go read the tweets if you haven't, or the DMs, I mean, and see for yourself if you think that Marianne did something out of line, because this is, looks like some shit that you send to somebody that you know when you're in this position. And, like, legit, like, these kind of reach outs where you ask somebody, hey, especially somebody you know personally, hey, why don't you support my campaign? That's typical politician shit. Like... All the mm -hmm. people who are online right now going, Marianne shouldn't have sent those messages. No, stop. Like, this is what politicians do. They reach out to people who don't support them and they say, why don't you support me? Can I change that? Especially if they know that person personally. This, this, is, this is stupid. Yeah. A lot of things have happened today, or no, happened lately. Things are always yeah. happening. Do you see like Biden's eye exploded on national TV <laughs> or like a blood vessel? So what's the deal with that? Is that something that's, is that normal for like people's eyes to like pop? 
it's not super abnormal. And uh, he was at a CNN climate forum with nine other people. And what happened was they went to commercial break. And when they went back, the back corner of one of Biden's eyes had blood in it. A blood vessel had burst in his eye. Yeah, blood vessel burst in his eye. And he just kind of carried on with that. And there was close-ups of of him at the climate event, and he, and, you know, he just had a, he just had a fucking bloodshot eye. Very normal presidential candidate, very healthy. So yeah, to be clear about this, it's not like usually something like this isn't the sign of like a life-threatening situation, and it can definitely happen in a response to stress. But it definitely usually wouldn't happen if you're in like pretty good health. It's it's like the sign of possible like vitamin deficiencies or other things. I don't want to speculate too much, but I'm just saying. Can he just take like some Centrum Silver and like visit his doctor and he'll, he'll be fine or what? Possibly. Like basically just this happening alone is not enough to speculate anything like major wrong. Okay. Talking about this just feels like so petty. Like this is what to me what it feels like to be a liberal who complains about something petty or like inconsequential evolving Trump. I feel like those people were complaining about Obama's suit color being tan back in like 2000, whatever. But this entire situation, it's making me think that this is like some sort of creepy pasta and Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's like some haunted footage of Joe Biden called like <laughs> Biden 666 or whatever. And you put it like the VHS in the TV and it starts becoming like corrupted and then blood starts spouting from his eyes and then Satan appears on screen and jumps through your TV to murder you IRL. This is what it feels like. I'm going to kind of be the Biden defender. It feels like since before he announced, all of Twitter has been waiting for like, surely this will expose to the American public that Joe Biden is not a fit candidate for president and we can move on to Twitter's preferred candidates. And whether it was like the Lucy Flores thing months ago, most of y'all probably don't even remember that no more, or him like apologizing for being too touchy with like children at Iowa State Corn Fair corn dog eating contests or... The stuff with Kamala. Oh, he's finished now. Kamala mm. cried, so he's out of here. The fucking rap rock my boss thing. Yeah, just name anything that's happened to Biden. Or him saying the thing about the white kids and the poor kids or whatever. And that, oh, that's, well, that's the end of him. Like, everybody seems to be, like, playing the fucking get off stage music for Joe Biden every time they see him. And it's not quite the thing that's going to just evaporate his support. It's just not that simple. So I don't think it's going to be like, well, his eye popped a vessel. He's dying now. Get him off stage. Let's clear the way for fucking Andrew Yang. I don't think most people who were kind of laughing at this news were expecting, oh, this is going to lead the American people to reject Joe Biden or something. I think it was more he popped a blood vessel on stage. That's really funny. We already know that he's not really fit. And so this just kind of adds to it. And I mean, you know, it kind of has like these constant gaffes and other people doing better than him has led to a general shaving of support. It hasn't been immediate, but it's no slowing down and his polls numbers are declining you know much like the marianne dms it's like this is something that i've heard about a lot this week for better or worse you know like a couple of my family members brought up the joe biden eyeball thing do you see that do you see that and i was like yeah I saw it. whatever like 
it's kind of funny, but like it's not, yeah, it's not necessarily substantive. But again, like this is definitely stuff that's making a lot of news rounds. But yeah, like the people that support Joe Biden, they don't read the news. Like we talked about this before. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a lot of Trump staunchest supporters. They're not reading mainstream news. You know, they're reading Breitbart every day. And so they don't have the same viewpoints. And a lot of people tend to think they do something like they'll read like an article in CNN and then they'll read an article in the New York Times. And they'll kind of think like most of America is going to read some version of this. No, that's not accurate. Mm -hmm. It's like, I I don't want to cut to Brexit too early, but you might have known that Boris Johnson is now trying to call an election. And Jeremy Corbyn, the leader of labor, has been previously very much for an election. But now the circumstances have changed. And it's clear that Boris wants the election to stop parliament from stopping no deal. And so Corbyn has moved to stop that election until the anti no deal legislation goes into force. And the problem is that most people aren't involved in politics politics to the degree that you know, us people and people in our circles are. So what the average British observer sees is Corbyn has been campaigning for an election, Boris offers him one, and now he doesn't want one. And there's that kind of, and I've said this before about kind of cursive knowledge, but you know, not everybody knows what we know, not as in like a elitist, oh, we know everything type deal, but not everybody hates themselves enough to be involved in politics to our degree. But also just every single person has a unique set of knowledge yeah from you know the things they absorb their environments whatever and so like there's always going to be facts that you don't know that somebody else knows and actually there's like like a good rule of thumb is something like you know for every nine people you know out of ten that know something that you think is common sense and that everybody knows you're still going to meet that one in ten who doesn't they have no idea yeah what's going on yeah and there's somebody who's learning that that information for the first time every day. So, I mean, we don't have to despair just because, you know, people don't know the maneuvering in and out of Corbin and Johnson. I mean, the other thing that's worth remembering is most of the people, if you don't know and you like Corbin, you just assume he knows what he's doing. And if you don't know and you don't like him, then, then you call him a hypocrite. It's not like there's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of people that are in the middle and they've never heard of either party and they don't know what anybody wants to do and they just take everything they see on the news at face value. Maybe like people who write for editorial boards for newspapers, but like real <laughs> people know that it's all bullshit. Like if anything, we're overly cynical about it. So I don't think there's anybody that just takes it at face value. Oh, I guess he doesn't want the people to be heard anymore. And building on that like newspapers comment, you know, we think that the state of news media in our country is bad. Most of the papers in circulation in the UK are right-wing rags owned by Rupert Murdoch or other types, and they're fervently anti-Corbyn and fervently pro-no-deal Brexit. And if you're, like, yeah, not involved in too much news, and you just kind of, you know, you read the Sunday paper, you get this perception of things, and it's, you know, it's propaganda. But yeah, shit sucks, and um, not everybody is the enlightened superhumans that we are with the knowledge of everything and how everything fits together. So speaking of how it all fits together, part of the reason, too, that Boris Johnson wants this frickin' general election is because a snap election would leave him at an extreme disadvantage. Like, if they just do another of the same kind of election that put him into office, he can't win it right now because, what's his face, that Philip Lee dude jumped ship and he's not a Tory anymore. And then on top of that, the Tories kicked a bunch of people out afterwards. The working majority of the government is negative 45. Yeah. 
So the Tories lost their majority real fast under Boris Johnson. And of course, a lot of that had to do with his attempts to suppress parliament. Yeah. Yeah, he said he'd kick out from the party anybody that voted for the anti-no-deal legislation. And more people rebelled than he thought would rebel. Yeah, a lot more. Part of the when the election is is, is going to happen shenanigans is due to electioneering. Because Boris has been campaigning so hard on delivering Brexit by the 31st. And if he is forced to ask for an extension and an election is held after the 31st, a lot of those Tory voters are going to go to the Brexit party. And in these thin majority Tory marginals, defectors to Brexit are going to kill the Tory MP's chances of getting in. And then you have a chance for a Labour MP or a Lib Dem MP or whatever to, to sneak in. And Boris doesn't want that. And Corbyn wants that. So there's kind of some wrangling over when the election happens from there. And what type of election it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very touchy situation now. And so yeah, so the whole thing of Jeremy Corbyn switching positions on the election makes perfect sense. Because again like we say it's he's now in this completely different political environment where Boris Johnson is trying to play him from the other direction and you know tried to shut down parliament to force the no deal brexit like he's doing everything he can to kind of like subvert any sort of attempt at democracy sort of asserting itself and saying no to something that at this point nobody really wants anymore especially the no deal brexit like mm-hmm. There are definitely like a number of people who still want Brexit. Nobody wants a no deal Brexit. I think it was like 26% of people thought it would be good. Yeah, it's a very small number of people. The vast majority are against the no deal Brexit and with good reason. Yeah, Boris is trying to blunder the country into it. You know, I've been doing this for a while. I follow British politics as a stress reliever from following American politics because British politics is so inane and stupid and everything is always in more flux than in US politics. In US politics, things for the past two and a half years have just been, here's the stupid thing Trump did today. Here's how fascism is advancing in this country. That's not exciting for you? I mean, it's exciting to a point, but then you get into Britain and everything happens. Everything fucking happens at once. Uh, You know, a prime minister loses his first three votes, which hasn't happened for centuries. We get it. You watch the parliament streams on Twitch. Fuck you. (laughs) I'm too online to where I follow British politics as a stress reliever for American politics. Who's your favorite MP, Leia? Uh, I don't follow to the point of individual MPs, but Jeremy Corbyn is pretty good. And John McDonnell is also good. He's the shadow chancellor for labor. I I wanted to get to this point while we were still talking about Joe Biden's cursed bloody eye. And it's that it reminded (laughs) me back in 2016, September, politicians were like celebrating this 9-11 memorial in like Texas, I believe. And HRC was there. So Hillary, uh, she was like wearing some like warm clothing in Texas in September, hot as hell. And she actually actually fainted i don't know if you all remember that she fainted at that 9-11 memorial and that was like a big deal (laughs) to everybody people on the right were making up these like insane conspiracy theories for why she passed out and not just that she they were all just saying like hrc is clearly in poor health i mean she can't stand around a hot area and like not pass out that's what it reminded me of absolutely i don't know if any of y'all remember that but i do remember that yeah yeah There were some really weird right-wing conspiracies about Hillary's health. Oh, yeah. And they're still doing that. Like, now it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know? Like, there are conspiracies that she's been dead for a year. 
I mean, if she's Q, that would fall in line with the fact that Q has been dead for a year or two. So, real talk, Ruth Bader Ginsburg sucks because she didn't resign while Barack Obama was president, and we had almost a Democratic supermajority in the Senate. Very hot take. You're not wrong. You're, yeah, Leia's definitely right. <laughs> <laughs> she knew that she couldn't be around for long. And if she resigned, then it would be very easy to put in a a young, you know, m- more left-leaning SCOTUS justice that wouldn't fuck off. But no, she, she just had to stay on. I think it was just aesthetically important to her that a woman president be the one to replace her. Uh... So she destroyed Roe v. Wade, ironically enough, because she wanted optics. So way to go, Ruth. Did you get the optics? Did you secure the woman president? (laughs) It's fucked up that we even have a system of government where we have to check on this random lady every day. Like, please don't die today, Ruth. Please don't die. Oh, man, please don't die today. Fuck the Supreme Court, man. This is such a democracy. When Bernie gets in, he should nominate everyone. (laughs) Nominate literally everyone to the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court just becomes like a national referendum system. Yes. Nominate me. I will pass anything that sounds vaguely good into law. Boom. Stack the court with weirdo MLs. Just just fucking anybody. We should remodel it to like uh, make it like all the Supreme Court justices are uh, on pillars and all below 50 foot tall pillars and below them is Brett Kavanaugh in like a monkey cage. And what they all do is collectively God. spit on him. <laughs> you know what we got to do? We got we got to turn the Supreme Court with the existing nominees into some early 2000s reality TV show, like some Big Brother type shit. That actually sounds great. <laughs> Can you believe what Kavanaugh said to Ginsburg on today's episode of Supreme Court? But seriously, like how much does this demonstrate the completely gutted, ridiculously fragile, absurdly just non-existent state of our democracy that basically all of our hopes that we will continue to have anything resembling a democratic future lie in the hands of one frail old woman not dying. One 86-year-old woman from Brooklyn not kicking the fucking bucket. Who has cancer and shit. Mega super cancer. just to add to it yeah yeah it's it's wild it kind of reminds me of like the hillary clinton thing there were all these conspiracies about her health and really all she needed to do was just take a break like if she'd just taken a couple of days off she would have been fine but she just pushed herself to just passing out on a hot day in the middle of the day because mm-hmm. she wanted to like let people know that she was tough if we're talking if like you guys are talking about like well we need a woman president to change the dynamic in this country what the fuck is more macho than ignoring your doctor and going to work despite a serious health infection and then passing out in your car before you got home and someone just picking you up and yeeting you into the back seat of your own fucking car like a garbage bag filled up with peas because you wanted to convince other people that you were like a strong person like that's hyper masculine that's like what jfk did yeah yeah we can get any dude in here to do that i mean i just want to get this in before we on the, on the supreme court if i was president what i would do is i would approach every one of these shitty conservative nominees and i'd be like hey either you can resign or i will nominate five communist party of the usa nominees in your stead 
You mean the feds? <laughs> you nominate feds? Yeah, my first Communist Party nominee, Bob Mueller. And he, of course, gets in <laughs> unanimously, and it's great. I was trying to look for stuff to talk about in the news, and I saw Michigan was trending. I'm like, ooh, why is that? And then it was just sports. A lot of the news today yeah, is sports, sucks. And, we don't, and we don't care about that because we're not a sports team podcast. Not yet. I keep getting trending locations on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, has there been a mass shooting? What happened this time? And it's fucking oh, sports. Jesus. Like, shut up. You're disappointed that there's oh, there's not even a mass shooting. They're just playing football. <laughs> I'm not fun. excited. I'm not excited about mass shooting. I, I have just come to expect that when a location trends on Twitter, it's a mass shooting. We're all praying for and them, so when okay. it's not a mass shooting, I'm like, oh, okay. You're free to pray for Michigan whenever they need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Leia, Leia's not wrong though. It has become like all too common that it's like some random city that you don't hear about is trending that means something real fucked up's going down and it probably involves an assault rifle and a white guy mm -hmm. albuquerque's yeah. trending oh fuck we know what happened there you know they're not <laughs> doing anything <laughs> there's some white guy shot up a walmart or something happened with the that state sports team yeah, those are the two reasons locations trend. What it is yeah. is if that location doesn't have a sports team anymore, then you're like, oh man, it's bad news. If you go on Twitter and you see St. Louis, you're like, oh, the Rams must be, oh wait, they don't have a fucking football team anymore. Hit the fucking deck. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> the odds of it being either a football team or a shooting increase to 100% likelihood of it being a shooting once they no longer have a football team. I just imagined myself like a, like a few weeks ago, like, wait, does El Paso have a football team? <laughs> Fuck. A soccer team? I'll, I'll just click it. I'll just, oh. God damn it. Uh, God damn it. Again. Originally, I, I brought up how there was no important news today. Uh, sorry, sports fans watching this podcast. Just chug your Gatorade and cry about it. I don't give a shit. The official stance of this podcast on jocks is fuck them. I, I would say my my take on sports is a little bit more nuanced, but uh, the NFL needs to die immediately. I will I will go that far very easily. Yeah. Let's get out of the U.S. in terms of news, and let's focus on somewhere down south in Brazil, actually, because recently what happened is that there was a book fair hosted there. I think it was in Rio de Janeiro, and uh, the city hall ordered that uh, inspectors come to that book fair and label books as that they deemed as inappropriate and take them away in a stunning display of not fascism at all so i want to know what's y'all's thoughts on that did they throw them in the amazon fire <laughs> <laughs> man oh hey it, it makes sense amazon was originally an online bookstore oh, it's poetry. poetry in real life poetry in motion to quote george lucas it's like poetry it rhymes wow all poetry doesn't rhyme, George. You fucking Philistine. <laughs> fucking freak. Fucking loser. Let's just dunk on George Lucas for the rest of the podcast. That's that's easy subject. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Why not? This is a hot take, but I, I haven't watched a Star Wars movie. Any of them? Ever? Apart from the new ones, like the, the 8 and 9 and Solo, I was dragged to see those by my family, but I haven't seen any of like, the old ones, 1 through 6. Did you watch Rogue One? Yeah, yeah, I did. That's the best one. That's my hot take. It's literally the best Star Wars ever. You're ridiculous. <sighs> Are we going to get into this? Yeah, let's just quickly sidebar. Rogue One not only isn't the best Star Wars movie, it's not even a good movie. Whoa, whoa, whoa. 
That's my that's my hot take. Okay, let me hot take back at you. None of the Star Wars Ooh. are like good movies in like the cinematic art sense. They're all like fun fantasy romps that are like very good and have like a lot of enjoyable aspects. I would say all of the freaking Star Wars movies have just been like adventure fun time movies. Like I don't take any of them super seriously. All three of the original movies are good movies. The prequels are not good movies. The sequels, uh, you know, whatever. They're fine, I guess. Hot takes. But anyway, yeah, yeah. What is Rogue One even about? <laughs> what, did, what did any of it mean? What were any of the characters? What lessons did they have? What growth did they have? Rogue One follows a Star Wars tradition of needlessly expanding on lore items that didn't need to be expanded on. Yeah, no one needed to know about kyber crystals, really. But anyway, like, it's just... Rogue One is just a sequence of things happening. None of it has any resonance. None of it has any meaning. It's not memorable. It's just like if you wanted to see like a World War II movie, like if you wanted to see the Battle of the Bulge or something, except with laser beams, then you got it. No, I would say it's more like Ocean's Eleven on a space station. <laughs> hey, don't you don't you say that about Ocean's Eleven? Ocean's Eleven is yeah. a very good film. Yeah, I was gonna say like that just doesn't sound. Fuck you. <laughs> That does not sound like a great movie, but it does sound like an accurate description of Rogue One. Heist movies are a, a, a time-honored genre. We should have yes. a heist. We have enough people to have a heist now. Think about it. Yeah, yeah we can go rob a bank if we wanted to. I mean, uh, not rob a bank. I'm going to be real with you. One of my bucket list items is doing a bank heist or a heist of some kind. Like, is that weird? <laughs> Why? Because you play Payday? No, fuck you. I had it before that. Uh, let's switch from, you know who robs banks and is also going to be in a movie? The Joker. And that's an actual relevant movie. So let's talk about it. My oh, takeaway is I thought people were just saying it was problematic as a joke to riff on its nature. But no, it's actually a sincere thing. <laughs> and people are trying to detail why, why it's problematic. And I can't tell what's sincere and ironic anymore. And it's scaring me. The Joker is way past the sincerity, irony, bi binary. I thought you were a metamodernist, Ray. Come on. Anyways, I saw this trailer today, like, called Cuck. It, it's the anti-Joker. Is it a porn? No. What? Oh, my God. This is our movie hot takes episode now? What is this? This is just any anything goes. Yeah, we should do episodes like this once in a while. I thought we had an outline, but, you know, apparently we didn't. I thought today was supposed to be the topical one and like tomorrow was the can one, but I feel like this can go in the can for at least a few months. This can just, let's just, let's just, let's just let this marinate. Let's wait until no. the Joker movie comes out. That's when we'll release this no, episode. There's Brexit discussion and in a week from now, Brexit will be like complete. Britain will be part of the fucking Martian Federation this time next year. So we can't put this in the can. Yeah. Like, <laughs> God damn it. We, yeah. we, we've, we've got all this just bullshit tied together. This is this is shaping up to be a terrible episode. If you're in the middle of this, turn it off. It doesn't get better. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no, we need to listen to Leia. Don't fucking encourage us. We just, we just opened a fucking Patreon, Leia. You should be doing, you should be really trying to hustle some things. Do you want us to give people money, Leia? Is that what you want? <laughs> I'm very sorry. But Ken, do you have anything that, that's on your mind? Uh, you know, um, North Carolina threw out its gerrymandered districts and is going to redraw them. And that's actually like some hopeful news. 
Wait, wait, we didn't, we didn't, we, we forgot to even say anything about Cuck. Can we, can we do yeah, that? Can we not? Oh my god. I just watched Cuck officially. I just trailer watched the trailer. I don't even know what this fucking fever <laughs> dream is supposed to be. <laughs> I, there, there's a scene in the trailer where, like, the shirtless guy who plays a reactionary grifter looks at his comment section on his YouTube video, and one guy with a default avatar, username WazUPman85, saying, <laughs> You are everything wrong with America today six likes and then he slams his fucking computer shut <laughs> let me okay here let me give a take i'll just uh, read I'm, I'm reading about the film now and here's a line from this thing that i'm reading gravitas has debuted an official trailer for an indie film titled cuck an intriguing take on an issue in american society today <laughs> That's right. This is Intriguing a movie about society. society. <laughs> okay, okay. If you're in the middle of this, Cuck the movie is about a dispossessed, mad white guy in Los Angeles that starts to make reactionary videos on YouTube and gets support for them. And somewhere along the way gets involved in taping porn and like being a, a right wing terrorist or something. I don't. Yeah, it's 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 weird. It's the anti Joker in the perfect sense in that you don't know where the satire is pointed. Is there satire? What is this critiquing? What is this yeah, promoting? This looks like it's just literally just describing the situation that we live in. <laughs> It's like the worst possible way to represent NRX in modern media. Like, yeah. there's a ton of media that could have done this better other than like a shirtless white guy getting mad at someone telling him to get help on the internet. But I guess that's appropriate. I don't know. I, Ugh, how hard. dare you come and hate in my comments section? This comes out on October 4th. Quick poll. Which one of us, which one of us hates ourselves? I'm not going to see it if that's what you're fucking asking. <laughs> Fuck that. Like, not if we get a patron, <laughs> we get at least one patron Some before <laughs> If you're listening to this episode, we're holding the cuck commentary for <laughs> ransom. Listen, here's what you guys, patrons, patrons, here's what you do. Uh, you, you PayPal $100 to the show and you just attach the note cuck <laughs> and that way we all <laughs> the, the, no no no, no. The, 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 clo the closing line of the trailer is are you a cuck and you, you have to say that in the note you have, oh, to, okay. you have to ask <laughs> for a yes Send, send us a note with your with your donation to our Patreon, with your subscription. When you sign up to our Patreon, just ask, are you a cuck? And if you, if we get that message, we'll go. If we get that, we'll go and we'll we'll, go. we'll make you guys want to do some uh some fucking nostalgia critic format yeah, ripoff. Yeah, we'll do like a, a breakdown of cook. This is this is awful. This this movie is hell world in a nutshell. I can already tell just from the trailer. And and not not hell world in a nutshell like in the way that maybe like it's like a satire that I'm going to enjoy watching. If you the audience forces me to watch this, I'm going to be very very unhappy during that experience. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch Taxi Driver afterwards to cleanse myself with a much better how dispossessed white guys turn into monsters movie. I'm just going to stop watching media after after cuck. <laughs> Be a fucking primitivist. Go, go, out, go out into the goddamn woods. 
started smearing mud all over myself instead of having clothing. Fuck it. Like like a park ranger approaches you and you're like, uh, hey, do you, do you have permits to be here? And you're just like, cuck. I am a cuck. <laughs> <laughs> and then you start chucking crude spears at them until they run away. Yeah. Anyways, North Carolina. <laughs> so how about it? Uh, yeah, yes. North Carolina. Let's let's end this show on some good news. Um, North Carolina threw out its gerrymandered district maps. As y'all who listen to this show probably know, because our listeners tend to be pretty informed, I think, from speaking to, to you guys, everyone that I talk to seems to know at least a little bit about what's up. Y'all know that our country has some really fucking gerrymandered districts, and North Carolina is one of the worst states for it. And, like, North Carolina is only a quote-unquote purple state or a swing state because it has been completely destroyed by gerrymandering. And so they very excitingly threw out those gerrymandered districts, and there is an opportunity now to perhaps have some districts that make sense. This went all the way up through the courts, right? Yes. Is this state court or Supreme Court or what? I don't know if it went all the way to, to like a federal Supreme Court. And, just is it permanent? Yes. Theoretically, some assholes could just redraw the same shit. But the mm-hmm. point is that this represents a political movement within the state. Like this didn't just get thrown out by a technicality or something like that. It was thrown out because it represents a political movement within the state that's been trying to get this change. So hopefully it's going to change. And hopefully if one of our worst states gets fixed, then other states are going to follow suit. You guys remember when uh, Dan Crenshaw tweeted that he was going to run a marathon throughout his district? And it was this hilariously gerrymandered thing that went out of its way to include all of the rich white parts of Austin, Texas, or Houston. That's correct. I recall that. And and just everyone on Twitter ripped him a new asshole. That was great. You mean a new eye hole? <laughs> Oh, that is a shadow zone comment. God damn. Be careful or else you'll have to go on SNL to apologize and nobody wants to go on SNL. Yeah. Do I have to be like Hassan Piker and go on the Young Turks and be like, "Uh, well, it's not what I mean when I said rip him a new high hole. (laughs) Yeah. um, Dear Crenshaw, uh, we're willing to see your perspective. Uh, (laughs) God damn. DM us and we we might be able to patch up our relationship. (laughs) Dan Crenshaw is going to start replying to every tweet we make now. You know that, right? That means we'll get his follower base. We'll get so much clout. (laughs) We'll we'll get a third eye and that's two on his. Okay, first of all, wow. Second of all, um, what if Dan Dan Crenshaw just dominates you on the Twitter game? Have you considered that he'll just own you and that'll just be that? No, he's terrible at Twitter. He's bad at it. Yeah, I've watched him get savaged on Twitter by people with like 40 followers multiple times. It's like like that scene from The Simpsons where where Sideshow Bob keeps stepping into the rakes. Yeah, he's out there like... He just keeps getting owned. Making a damn fool of himself. I think the best tweet that I've seen recently is that one that you posted, Leia, where that that guy's Mm -hmm. like, if I was there, I would have stopped ISIS. And Dan Crenshaw comes back with this, you don't know what you're talking about, like really serious, like upset reply. And then the guy just goes, rip to your eye, but I'm different. (laughs) 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 Like... He just lets himself get savaged by knuckleheads like that on the regular. <laughs> like he just he just walks into it. Get any Twitter says he wouldn't give these people these opportunities. 
Yeah, like there's so there's so many politicians that are just bland and boring on Twitter that don't try to work it. They just post campaign updates and policy things. They don't get into weird spats, but Dan Crenshaw insists on being the right-wing AOC, so he has to be up on the Twitter game. And he's just terrible at it. Like the Republicans really need to recruit a Twitter guy. They need they need to get the right-wing Gravel teams and yeah. then <laughs> and then send them to some heavily gerrymandered cook PVI of minus 40 district in Illinois or something. The problem is it's just hard to be a conservative Twitter guy because you're on an even playing field with Twitter. Just anybody can dunk on you. It's like fucking Fortnite. It's like PUBG. You can try to aim at somebody and somebody will just come from behind you and just cut you up. It's not a game that if you're on the right wing, you should be playing. Yeah. If you're on a radio show, there's one person, they have the mic. If you're on a cable show, you know, you're doing Tucker Carlson. Tucker has the mic and he can mm -hmm. edit it. And that's like an environment that if you're right wing, you're kind of safe on. Just a town square environment where just anybody can shit on you. Just isn't good if you're just going to be up there talking about fucking tax cuts and letting grandmothers yeah. starve and all other typical right wing shit. It's not good. Yeah. The hard thing about dunking, whether you're on the left or the right, is that you not only have to have your arguments, but you have to know their arguments too. And how they're going to dismantle your arguments. So you have to be two or three steps ahead and knowing of what's going to happen happen so that you can effectively sort of pick them apart and and make it really funny that that's that that's what's hard about dunking and some right-wing grifters have got it more down than others and some don't really have it at all environment is a huge factor i mean there are places on the internet where you can take your attack helicopter jokes and get all the applause that you want because they're just mm -hmm swamped with conservatives obviously there's like conservative specific platforms yeah. even that have been developed because they feel so oppressed on platforms like twitter dunking is just <laughs> as much working the crowd as working your opponent and so yeah it's really easy to be a dunk master if you just hang out on the freaking i'm not even going to say its name because it's such a nasty website but the the reddit alternative that conservatives use god like if you're just on there it seems really easy to dunk libs you know, mm -hmm. you step out into an environment like Twitter, it's a whole different ball game because, yeah, Twitter is this very volatile battleground. There are no gods on Twitter. Jack is the only one we have, and he doesn't do anything. Even he is not all powerful. Speaking of recent news, Jack was hacked. Yeah. He got owned. He got completely owned. Hard times. Like, he got he got owned like your aunt does when, like, you suddenly look at her timeline and it's all shit for essential oils. Like, he got that level of owned. Just got eviscerated. Going back to the right-wing shit. See, this is why people like Ben Shapiro, like, always like to be in a, an environment where, aesthetically, they have the presence of power. That's why he's always on, like, a podium in an auditorium with a hostile audience surrounding him. The light's always on him. And he pick some like weak-willed SJW soy boy whatever to come up doesn't know anything because they're a college student that's why they do that it's because it's the illusion of strength that's the most important thing Ben Shapiro is fantastic at constructing environments where he is strong and playing up that strength all of fascism is the aesthetic of strength. Yeah, if you take that away and you put him in an equal footing environment, he cracks, like in that BBC interview. I know it's old news now, but like it's really important to demonstrate how they function. He's also really great at getting thousands and thousands of dollars every week for promoting his Twitter feed. Just thousands of dollars. Just so much money that a human being 
could have a place to live for like years just on promoting his yeah. mediocre Twitter feed. Mm-hmm. Just because you you suck up to the right billionaire and they just they've got plenty of money. They don't give a shit. Here you go, buddy. It's good to know that his life is that he's stuck in that life and he's just gonna get owned over and over. And it's rough for him. That's yeah. the that's the price. You gotta yeah. pay the cost. It's a kind of hell. I hope if there is one, when Ben Shapiro dies, he goes to a Twitter where he cannot post and he just gets dunked on over and over again. <laughs> There's your positive meditation for the... Uh, All right. Yes. Let's yeah. visualize that. On that yeah. note, this has been Not Safe for Wonks. Lovely audience, please visualize Ben Shapiro unable to respond forever as, as the dunks just roll in. <laughs> visualize the movie Cuck not existing. Audience, if you really, really want to visualize something extra special... Maybe visualize your way over to our Patreon or to giving us an iTunes review. Hell yeah, You know, boy. these things definitely matter a lot to us. We don't want to make the biggest deal ever about, oh, yeah, give us money, blah, blah. But the fact is that we actually spend quite a bit of money on this podcast already just to make it. And, like, it would be really nice to not just lose money on it and to maybe have a little extra money to, like, do things with, like, advertise more or eventually maybe do mm-hmm. some like journalistic activities more readily. You know, if, if you are able to do something on the Patreon for us or share that around, it's a big help. Thank you guys so much. And thank you so much for listening. The thing you should really transcend yourself into is buying my new book about the inside business of fuck you. <laughs> All right, on that note, this has been Not Safe for Wonks. I'm Kennedy. I'm Brandon Buchanan. Leia Rose. And my name's Drake. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya.